to another episode of the Sacred Mondays podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about business and faith and how we can live on mission for Jesus while building a business. This week's guest is Johannes Klupfau. Johannes is the founder of CloudClicks, a digital marketing and advertising agency based in the Sunshine Coast. He's also been a volunteer at YWAM for almost a decade and has a lot of good stuff to share about running a business while being on mission for Jesus. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review. That would help me out a lot. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. So, Johannes, thank you so much for taking the time to being here with me. Yeah, no worries. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me just a little bit about where you grew up and how you ended up here on the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, for sure. So, I'm from Germany originally. Um, I was born in a, um, like a small town in Germany and that's where I grew up um, did an apprenticeship as a bricklayer and um, so my, my parents were in a church grew up in church but I wasn't really a Christian per se yeah. um, when I got saved I went to this church um, and told them that my dad used to be in YWAM back in the 70s yeah. like oh if you've been in if your dad's been in YWAM you're gonna do a DTS and so I at that point, I like, just didn't know much about YWAM, so bought the Lauren Cunningham book, um, found out about discipleship training school, applied to a bunch of places, and um, YWAM Townsville, YWAM Darwin got back to me yeah. within days. Yeah. And then a couple of months later, I was on my um, was on a plane to Australia and did a DTS. So did came for six months yeah. and then stayed. For another eight years with YWAM oh, wow. and during that time I met Boris uh, from Boardstore I don't know if you know him yeah, maybe, I think I maybe. Met him. Um, and so he's been kind of twisting my arm to come to the sunny coast and mm. so 10 years ago we came down here when they were still running the the BAM seminar the business mission seminar okay so I came down to do that and stuck around basically yeah uh, so you talked a little bit about it but like when did you start following Jesus? When did you kind of say, make that commitment? For so, yourself? like I remember as a kid going to church and going to church camps and those different times where I know that I made a commitment to Jesus, mm. but never really followed through with it. Like usually, what happened? Like you get you get saved at church camp, and the next thing you get like a booklet and now you have to answer all yeah. these questions and do all this homework. I don't know. At least in Germany, <laughs> that's what it was in the eighties. And, but then I got saved in like 2003, where like just had this experience where suddenly I knew that God was real, Jesus was real, like this, like the, like a film showing all the decisions that I made that led away from God and the mm. consequences of that, which really freaked me out. Like I thought I was dying or like something crazy. <laughs> um, and at that point I had no Christian friends and that's when I got saved. So 2003, like probably September, October, okay. um, and then started going to like found that church a couple months later and then in april 2004 i was in darwin doing a dts yeah wow so tell me about your experience in yman so like what have some of your some of your roles been there so like i started my dts in darwin which at the time i actually thought it was townsville so i just thought i'll <laughs> flown to fly to darwin then someone's gonna pick us up and we'll drive down to Townsville. I looked it up on the map. It was just down the road, turn left. <laughs> Didn't realize um, the distance yeah. of this country. So I actually did my DTS in Darwin. Mm. Um, 
And then I stuck around in Darwin for a bit and did maintenance up there, just helped them on the base. And then YWAM, uh, Darwin and Townsville were sort of connected. Mm-hmm. So I went down to Townsville to do a, um, a leadership seminar, or I don't know what they called it at the time. Mm-hmm. And then another couple of years of uh, maintenance down there. And then um, staffed some schools. Uh, at that time we were running Youth Street, so did youth ministry. And um, we did something called Impact World Tour, like an evangelistic campaign in North Queensland. So I helped organize that. As part of that, I'm, I moved to Mount Isa for six months to help set it up there. And like that place, so after Impact World Tour was done, I moved back and we started a ministry center out there. So did Aboriginal work or worked in um, Aboriginal communities and did that for a couple of years. Yeah. And then went back to Townsville, helped them with the medical ships. I don't know if you've heard YWAM ships yeah. doing work in the PNG. So yeah. the first, like they asked us to come back to help get the ship up and running and we did that and the first six outreaches three of them my wife and I were were leading the um like the outreach on the ship so we're on the ship in PNG and trying to figure out where to go next and hmm. meet with village elders and so it's um pretty pretty fun stuff yeah how did you find that like was that like a challenge for you to kind of connect with different villages and png and stuff or no it's like i really enjoy challenges problems trying to figure stuff out so with medical ship because we haven't done it before Mm. so there's even like getting the right amount of food on the ship because you're gone for two weeks with 50 volunteers yeah so if you run out of sugar 10 days in that's a problem yeah which happened (laughs) um and so i just enjoy like problem solving going out meeting people and figuring out how how are we going to do this how are we going to make this work so yeah it was, it was good fun mm. are you still involved with YWAM now or? so I'm still involved uh, with YWAM just in a different capacity um, so basically when we moved to the sunny coast we sort of like we felt leaving YWAM Townsville like we felt to stay connected with YWAM in Australia but to pursue business and starting a business Mm. which is why we came to the sunny coast Mm. um and so at this point we're still involved with the ywam community but i'm obviously running my own business but i still consider myself a ywammer and obviously that's not your typical ywam experience and a few years ago we had dean sherman come through like he was one of the original founders of ywam australia and uh, we just sat down with him had a chat and like I've asked that specific questions, like how can we, like I don't know what I'm doing, I'm running a business, but I still feel like I'm connected to YWAM, and mm. am I still a YWAMer? Or, and so what he said is like back in the days when they started discipleship training schools, they had no idea what they were doing. They were just making stuff up. Mm. They didn't know if it was gonna work. They didn't know that there would be thousands of DTSs all over the world, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like, you guys are doing the same thing. You, God's called you into business and staying connected to YWAM. So what you got to do is just do that and figure out as you go how that actually looks because like it, it hasn't been done before. So we're, we're doing something new, pioneering a new way of how YWAM could look like. Hmm. And it might work out and it might not work out, but that's not the point. The point is that God's called you to do something. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's still the same space or like still being connected with YWAM and trying to figure out how 
business and bioworm could potentially look like. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Tyler Costello, who's yeah. been on this podcast. Uh, and he said that you were like the most entrepreneurial minded person that he had ever met. What like why do you think you're so drawn to entrepreneurship? Um I it's a tricky question because I, I can't help myself. Like it's just I sit mm. down with someone, we talk and I've got ideas of business ideas or whatever, like this there's, there's no shortage of things to do, it's just yeah. it comes naturally. Um, obviously you've asked me this question so I've had a bit of a think um, beforehand mm. um, and like my it, I think part of it runs in my family so my grandma used to run a restaurant my grandpa had a white goods store my dad would always be out starting things and getting involved in different projects mm. my brother runs a roofing company in Germany so I don't know maybe it's a family thing but I, I think I also like to think like how can I get more done but do less myself yeah so it's like this how can I try something new I like I love taking risks I love trying new things like I don't really care if it works or doesn't work or mm. I don't care what people think like I just if I see an opportunity I just want to jump on it mm. and so over the years I've done a lot of um, personality tests and whatever and like a lot of them like they show that I'm high in research and kickstart. So I'm like, I want to find find out stuff. And then once I know enough, I'm just going to do it and give it a go. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question. I feel like it just, mm. I can't help myself basically. Yeah. Something that I like was thinking about before I started this podcast was like, uh, I don't know if it's like going to be successful or not. I don't know if like if I'm committing to this but just having the mindset that like everything is kind of just an experiment and like seeing yeah. if it works and then like if it works great if it doesn't like who cares <laughs> yeah exactly it didn't work um so have you always like wanted to start a business um i've always come up with ways to make money so i was um mm -hmm. i don't know if that's running a business or whatever but even as a 10 year old like we would deliver newspapers so from young very young age i would make my own money and at one point I've figured out there's different you can get paid per hour or you can get paid for a job so at this job where I get paid for like five or six hours regardless of how long it would take just to get the job done mm. and so that at like I don't know it's like 17 18 figured out that I can work two and a half hours really hard and get paid for five or six hours yeah and then there was like the internet like late 90s like eBay opened up and I started buying bulk clothes and mm -hmm. just started selling them on eBay and like <laughs> just random stuff like that. Yeah. So just going back again, it's like, I can't help myself. I'm like, Oh, I can buy this for, I can buy a box of clothes for 50 bucks and sell it as 20 bucks a pop or something. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I didn't grow up thinking, Oh, I want to run a business, mm. but I feel like it, it just, it all led to that yeah so tell me about cloud clicks like how did that start so cloud clicks basically my wife and i started cloud clicks um after we've come to the sunny coast so up in townsville like i, I was running the media department or the communications department in townsville and helped them with their websites with their digital marketing my wife set up salesforce for them and between the two of us we helped them quadruple their leads and mm -hmm. double their students in like less than 12 months 
right. just by putting processes in place. And like back then, no one was running Google Ads. It was like 2009, 2010. Mm. Um, and so when we came to the sunny coast, like we started this business and because we knew Boris, so we started, we picked up board store as a client and that's how we got started. Um, but then in the past couple of years, we bought um, two more web design agencies. So we started off just focusing on Google ads and Salesforce. Mm. And when we had kids, it was just Google ads. And then we added Facebook ads and bought the web design agencies. Mm. And so now we're sort of changing the business model where, um, like we want to become an engine for growth for small and medium businesses. So basically the way we see ourselves now is an outsourced marketing department for small and medium businesses. Um, and so basically we can do anything that they would do in house. So like you might have, they might have a marketing manager or they might have a team of two, three, four, five people. Um, but we can probably do 80% of what they're doing at like, 50% the cost or less, right? So that's mm. what I'm trying to position myself is to have a team where we can, anything digital marketing related from web design, copywriting, email marketing, Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, all that good stuff. Mm. We can basically manage that for, for our client. Mm. So like why, like what made you want to do like digital marketing and advertising? Was that just like something you knew how to do and that's why you wanted to start it or was there? So like I'm a, a, I'm a brickie by trade, yeah, and which is why when I joined YWAM, they put me into maintenance, even though I was mm. wanting to do other things. Yeah. Um, and then when we were in Mount Isa, we needed to, we were wanting to run a DTS. We needed students, so mm. we needed a website to tell people about it. And so I had to figure out how do we get, how do we build a website. So I taught myself how to build a website. Stumbled across Google Ads and Facebook Ads. Figured out that. Google had a grant where you can get $10,000 for a nonprofit to spend on Google Ads. So we managed to get that grant. Mm. And basically, that's how I fell into it. Like, I just like, like, even like I told you earlier about eBay, like, mm. I've always was drawn to the internet. Mm. Um, and so that's basically how I got started. Then we helped more with YWAM. And I forgot what the question was. Yeah, like, it was just like this was something that uh, what made you do. want to start the yeah. business yeah so and then when we joined back while in townsville like they were they no one was sort of running the communications department and i put my hand up as wanting to do it mm. and then figured out copywriting and how to write ads how to optimize ads and landing pages and then started outsourcing to get someone else to build the landing pages for us mm. and it was just a lot of fun because like i I like learning some research, like to try to, I like to um, figure out things. Mm -hmm. And so we figured out how to run ads and build landing pages and got really good results. And yeah, from there, I just kept, kept doing what, what was working, I guess. Yeah. So like, what's the why behind CloudClicks? Do you have like a specified like why statement? Or? No, I don't. No? I'm, I don't know. I'm, I know everyone's about why and like the what's the start with why mm. like the TED talk and the book. Um, I don't know. I've never really gotten into that, <laughs> but I guess for me, like why we started CloudClicks, it was sort of an extension of where we were, like staying with YWAM, but starting a business, having the digital marketing. So it was it was about like creating flexibility and freedom for ourselves, and mm. being able to support ourselves and other people in missions. Um, but then also the way we've set it up is that we can work from anywhere. Um, 
And I think the other aspect of the why behind CloudClicks is when we're in Wyoming Townsville, it was difficult to get affordable services um, for like CRM or digital marketing or web design. So either you did it yourself or you have to pay a lot of money to get the work done. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to start a business to provide those services to um, small and medium businesses, which now everyone does it right. Like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't as advanced as it is now where like there's heaps of people out there offering those services. Mm. Um, but in, I think in the big scheme of things like CloudClicks is still a means to an end. Like I'm happy to move on from it if God called me to do something else or change direction or maybe it's something that is really going to grow and be an engine for growth for, for something else, right? So I feel like at the time it's what, what I feel like we're called to do and I enjoy doing. Mm. And unless that changes, it's that's part of part of the why is we feel it's the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. So did you have like a strategy for how to get clients when you first started? <laughs> no. So no. Um when we first started, like we got lucky that we had a couple of friends here that had businesses. Mm -hmm. So we picked up um picked up some work from there which I think we did we built a website for good life like ages ago oh. um, and so it just started growing from there so we picked up um, jobs here and there from referrals mm. then obviously we're offering Google Ads and Facebook Ads so we ran our own Google Ads and Facebook Ads mm. um, did our own digital marketing um, but also had like a good referral engine so yeah I think we didn't have a strategy like I was literally it sounded like a good idea to start your own business yeah and it worked out so far yeah so how's the growth been since then how's the growth been since then um like when we moved here like because we were in ywm full-time volunteers mm. so we had no money there's no like with no savings to fall back on so we had to make things work from the get-go so we bootstrapped everything and managed to just keep paying the bills and work things out mm. and i think at this point out the growth at has been acceptable like I, I don't know I don't know what to compare it to yeah I'm quite happy with where we're at like I've got a um, couple stuff on the sunny coast we've got some contractors that we work here we've got three stuff in the Philippines okay. business is paying the bills like I'm yeah still having to go to work but yeah <laughs> yeah I noticed that when I looked at your website that you have like a ton of very good reviews mm. like how do you make your customers so happy that they like leave a review well so part of getting reviews is asking for them yeah and i'm actually not doing a very good job of asking <laughs> like we have a system and it's supposed to work mm. but we could probably we could easily have three or four times the reviews that we have mm. and i guess running a business you always have some customers that are super happy Mm. you've always got some customers they hate what you're doing mm. and you've got a whole bunch in the middle that are you've done a good job you know what I mean yeah um, but I think in the big scheme of things it's just communicating setting expectations and if you set the expectations and then exceed what you're promising customers are going to be happy right so it's rather mm. than over promising and under delivering I'd rather set reasonable expectations mm. um, and then get a good review yeah so what's your best advice for growing a business? Um, 
it's the best environment. Like it, it's very generic, right? Because for certain, like everyone's different. Yeah. So every business is different. I think the best advice is to find maybe something that you're really good at and then sell that as hard as you can, right? Rather than trying to copy someone else's business or someone else's idea, like build the business around what you're wanting to do. Mm. Um, like I heard someone say to focus on sales until you hit half a million in revenue and then focus on systems. Mm. Um, I haven't done that. Like I've focused on systems probably too early. So I don't know if that's a good advice or not. <laughs> in hindsight, I would have probably said, probably push harder early on to grow the business. Mm. Um, yeah. And what's the biggest challenge that you face in your business? What's the biggest challenge? I guess there's different challenges, right? Like, and it, it, there's different challenges at different stages in the business. So when you start the business, the challenge is just make enough money, you cover all the bills, right? So then at some point you get to the point where there, you've got too much work. So the question is, do you hire someone which then cuts into your profit margin, mm. but frees you up or do you outsource it, which is more expensive? but you're more flexible. And so I guess the biggest challenge in general is like trying to figure out or tr knowing what stage in business you're in and what you need to focus on. Because there's, there's different things you need to focus on in different times based on what's going on. It might be culture when you grow a team or it might be putting better systems in place to generate more leads or to do backend operations or to chase up your invoices, right? So it's, mm. I feel like there's always depending on when you talk to me that would be a different <laughs> biggest challenge right yeah. but then once you've figured out that big challenge it's like oh yeah that was just that was not a big deal at all in hindsight yeah. right yeah. did covid so, affect your business at all um not really like I, I, I someone asked me that oh i i spoken to a banker yesterday and they've asked me that mm. and i basically i we had a bad month in April, like everyone else, like suddenly every client canceled, like we lost 80% of revenue in a week. Mm. But then in, was it April? So in May, most of them came back and then those people that we lost some clients, but then we picked up other clients because they know knew they needed to get into digital marketing. Mm. And then because of the 80% drop, we actually ended up getting JobKeeper, which was just free money basically. Mm. So in the big scheme of things, like we didn't grow, we didn't lose much. Like it was through COVID, it was pretty steady. Okay. Um, so just going back to the the question that you said earlier about uh, asked earlier about growing a business, because mm. something that I'm getting interested in now is buying businesses. So I mentioned that I bought two web design agencies. Because mm. um, I feel like most people like they they're looking at starting a business. It's like you hustle like. You know, you don't need any money to start a business, right? But I'm thinking more and more about buying existing businesses because there's so many people that wanting to retire, they're wanting to sell their business. They've got a business that might already make 50, 60 grand profit a year that you can buy quite, um, quite cheap. Mm. And so that's probably another way, just rather than just figuring out how do we start a business from scratch, mm. I reckon it's probably a good idea to like what else is out there maybe it's buying a business but maybe not but mm. i don't know it's just something to think about yeah that's interesting how would you define success would you consider yourself successful um 
I'm not a big fan of the concept of success because as soon as you say success, it, like you think about rich people like mm -hmm. making lots of money or having arrived like a private jet or yeah, whatever, mm. which I don't think that's what success is because I feel like for starters, success can be very different based on who you are, where you're based, what community you're in, what values you have. And so I think the way I would define success for starters is that you enjoy what you're doing and you're doing what you're good at. And then from there that you live within your means, like you enjoy your family, your life and your community and then doing what you're called to do and you've got purpose in what you're doing. And if you do that, like I think that would be success. So I would consider myself successful because I like what I'm doing. Like I'm not driving a Porsche, you know, like <laughs> flying a private jet, but I like where I live. Like we chose to live here. Like we could go anywhere. I could do anything can sell the business I can you know like, mm. I feel like I'm in control of where I'm at and what I'm doing mm. and yeah so I I would consider myself successful based on those points yeah but I'm open to someone disagree with that yeah <laughs> I would. yeah I can imagine that like when you're running a business it can be difficult to like not be too focused on like making money and being suce successful and like getting that Porsche. Like, do you have any advice for anyone who's struggling with like temptation when it comes to how to stay focused on what really matters? Um, well, I think the first thing there is that it's only like people running a business, right? I think everyone would struggle, can may or may not struggle with that. Mm. And the assumption there is that running a business is maybe better or like you're struggling more with money if you're running a business where well, I would say most people are probably better off having a job mm. than running a business mm. which would probably make them more money and be easier on their lifestyle yeah um but I even like stepping back from that I don't think being focused on making money and being successful is a problem as long as the as the other areas of your life are in balance, right? Mm. So I don't think money or success or even like a focus on money and success is is the issue is it's not the root issue, right? So if someone has too much of a focus making money or is fixated on making money or appearing successful, that's probably a um like it's a symptom of something else, like insecurity or some other deeper stuff, right? So Yeah. I think the the best advice would be to have a community to call them out on that and help get help and advice and guidance along the way before it actually gets to that point. Mm. So if you're just on your own, then it's quite easy to lose track and go down the wrong path and then realize too late, oh, I'm actually, you know, like, like I know heaps of, like I've been to a number of masterminds and business coaching groups and whatnot. And there's a lot of, supposedly like quotation mark successful entrepreneurs there but mm. they're on their second or third marriage like they yeah. I, I don't other people would consider them successful because they've got 20 employees and I don't know how many investment properties but they don't have a community they don't have a family that they're still connected with yeah. um, and so they're looking for community by going to masterminds and paying I don't know 20, 30, 40 grand a year to be part of 
those communities, right? Mm. Whereas, like, that's, I, I think, what's the question? So the advice, I guess, is just keeping your values front and center and yeah. being aware of where you're going and having people around you that can support you and call you out if necessary. Mm. How would you say that you're on a mission for Jesus while building your business? Um, I think like when I first got saved, I was like, oh, you got to be in missions. You got to tell everyone. You got to do evangelism. Mm. And that was all I could think about, right? Um, but then being in YWAM and like around churches, like there's this divide between sacred and secular. Like it's a pastor mm. is better than someone that runs a business or, you know, like it's better to be in YWAM than go to uni. Like, yeah. and it's, I think the, the narrative and the communication around has changed. But I think it's still, there's still this divide where one is better than the other. Mm. And I think for me, it's just, it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you do what you're called to do, mm. you're, you're on a mission for Jesus, right? And yeah. it doesn't matter if that's business, it doesn't matter if that's out with friends getting dinner, it doesn't matter if it's camping, if it's surfing, if it's at your job, if it's in church or in YWAM, mm. like, as long as you do what you're called to do you are on a mission for jesus right mm, that's so good do you think that your clients notice your faith um i think some do most probably don't so mm. if you're if you're wanting to find out like it's quite easy to find out what i believe but mm. most people probably wouldn't bother and i'm not making it front and center that i'm i'm a christian that I, it's a christian business um and I don't want to use CloudClicks as a vehicle for evangelism. Mm. Um, but I'm looking for ways to incorporate communicating what I believe. Um, but I just haven't found a way yet that I really like. I don't know if you're familiar with Perry Marshall, but he's like an internet marketing guru. I don't know, whatever. Mm. But so he's, he's a Christian. He has like his main business. But then he also has a side of the business where every now and then he has a plaque. Like, hey, if you're interested in spiritual things, check out this other website that I have and so then from there he can take people down a rabbit hole of spiritual stuff and faith and um, and so I'm kind of playing with some ideas of how to do that like I did yeah there's a few things that I've tried over the years that haven't quite come to fruition but maybe mm. some someday yeah I noticed that Yoast works for you he taught one of the books when I did my school of biblical studies um, do you intentionally hire Christian people or are there non-Christian people working for you as well? Um, so no, I don't um, intentionally hire Christian people. Mm. But with Yost, like I've known him and I've known his wife. And so I was like, dude, if, you're, if you ever want a job, let me know and we'll figure something out. And then six months later, he's like, oh, do you still have a job? It's like, oh, I will figure yeah. something out. Um, and so what I like to tell myself like I try to hire people around their personality and that they're a fit um, rather than the skills mm. um, I think in the big scheme of things I would probably prefer hiring some more YWAMers and just having more YWAMers on, on my team mm. um, and maybe as CloudClicks grows that can be a um, we, we can make that, that work 
Um, but I think also having non-Christian staff, it's a great way to like be on mission for Jesus, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of ways how you can treat your staff, how you can treat your clients, how you run your business, and that in itself becomes testimony to what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't work if you just work with Christians. And, yeah, you know what I mean. So when did you hire your first employee, and like, how did you know that it was the right time to hire someone? Um, so I, well, full-time employee or the first time I just hired someone full stop? Um, probably just like the first time when like, it was like a big risk, not like outsourcing to someone yeah. when you actually like had to pay someone, uh, every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know exactly when that was, but I think it was probably too early because, mm. so I was would have been like 2008 2009 2010 like i don't know when uh, tim ferris published the four hour work week mm. so my whole starting the business was trying to figure out how can you get as much done and like outsource or like hire someone to do the work for you and so i've always tried to build a business where i can remove myself because again like when i started the business it was like it's me doing all the work if i don't do the work i don't get paid so i wanted to build a business that can operate without me and so with that I probably hired too early mm. but it's hard to tell because it worked out right yeah. so I'm like yeah like do you ever get stressed about not being able to pay your employees um, unfortunately yes mm. but in 10 years I've always paid on time right so it's it's been it's always worked out Mm. Um, but it is I, I think it's something especially with employ with full-time employees like it's it adds quite a bit of stress and to the overall running the business mm. whereas if you've got subcontractors like it's pretty pretty straightforward like you lose a client they lose yeah. th- their job mm-hmm. and your cash flow stays steady so I don't know I'm still looking at better ways because I feel like part of being a responsible business owner is like I want to provide for my staff and I want to provide for the people working for me Mm. and not just have them if there's work you get paid if there's no work you don't yeah but that then puts me at a higher risk yeah and so I'm still trying to figure out how to how to run that and I feel like especially in Queensland like some of the laws are probably not the most um, the best to, for small business owners mm. but yeah I don't know it's still, it's still something I'm trying to figure out so if you've got someone on this podcast that has the answer just let me know so yeah. I can listen to it <laughs> I'll send you a message so how like how do you manage your own stress um, again it's a good question and I'd say probably not good enough um, in an ideal world like I, would, I would get up early go for a walk have a quiet time pray read read my Bible, journal, have a coffee, get all that done before the kids wake up and I start the day. Mm. Unfortunately, kids tend to notice when you get up early and <laughs> wake up too. So mm-hmm. um, that used to be my morning routine. I go spend two hours in the morning doing that. Mm. And then that's changed and it goes out the window. So I'm trying to actually figure out right now how to do that with if the kids wake up at five, right? Mm. Um, but I still, I like, I like to read. 
like to make time to pray like I think even if it's five minutes or ten minutes like that definitely helps mm. and especially if stuff comes up that is really stressful and I've had heaps of stressful stuff happen this year I think the best thing you can do is rather than just get emotionally involved and freak out like just stop pray give it to God because in the end he has the answer right and so that takes a lot of stress away because you realize it's not me mm. I have to do something but it in the big scheme of things God provides for me and he might provide through clients he might provide through something else like a government grant or who knows right like it's up to him how how that looks yeah but as soon as you realize that it's it's not me like I'm not the one in control I don't have to be in control mm. I just gotta follow where he leads mm. and everything's gonna work out one way or the other I might not like it mm. but I think that just relieves a lot of stress yeah. um, and I'm still working on that, right? Like I'm figuring out and things change and you get bigger problems and you're just gonna re reintroduce that whole yeah. um, system or... Mm. I can imagine that as an entrepreneur, it can be difficult to like prioritize taking breaks and like prioritize rest. Do you have any like practical advice to how to prioritize rest? Yeah, so when we started the business, I was working from home. Mm. And if you work from home, even if you've got a separate room, work's always there, right? You can always just quickly jump on the computer and bang out a couple hours of work at midnight, right? Yeah. So what I like to do now is just don't take your work home. And I leave my computer at work, so I've got my office, and I don't bring work home as a starting point. Mm. I take the weekends off, so I, I don't work Saturdays and Sundays. Obviously, exceptions apply if something happens. You know, like, yeah. But as a as a rule, I um, take the weekends off, and then spend time with family and kids. Um, and I feel like that sort of if you do that, like I know a lot of business owners that work sixty, seventy hours a week, mm. work on the weekends. I'm like, I just just don't do it. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you think that your faith in Jesus influences the culture? Um, so I try to run my business on values and I try to train my team to make decisions based on values and it's always a work in progress like when I bought like web design agencies like you suddenly bring in two or three new staff or contractors and so you kind of start over um, but I think in the big scheme of things if things don't work out I think generally it's quite easy to get emotional about stuff mm. and it's again like it's sort of just take a, take a step back take a breath pray before you react mm. and sometimes that works better um, and sometimes you just get carried away yeah. but I think overall like based on what my staff have told me I think they do notice mm. and they and I think we've got some good conversations sometimes so I think it comes through yeah um, yeah mm. Do you think that your faith has set your business back in any way? Um, no. no, not yet. No, things might change in the, in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that's actually like I've been surprised because I think I've asked every guest so far like if their faith has set the, their business back, and like pretty much everyone has been like, "Oh, it's been it's." pretty much just been a benefit like yeah when I think because 
God invented business, right? Yeah. God invented money. Like they're his inventions. And mm. so if we're following him into business, into a sphere that he created because he wants us to serve his other children and business is a great vehicle because if you if you don't have something of value you're not going to make money right mm. so if you sell a product or a service you're serving someone else yeah and that's a godly principle a godly value mm. so if you follow your faith into business like you, you, you can't help but be blessed right yeah um What are some ways that you think that Christians here on the Sunshine Coast can support you and what you're doing? Oh, that's an interesting question because when I first moved here, like I've had a bunch of friends tell me, oh, you should go to this church or that church because that's where you can, there's, there's lots of business owners that you, you probably pick up yeah. from clients, right? And so I was like, I'm not gonna, if I start going to a church to pick up business, like not yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. So that was my um, point at that time in my life. Um, But then since then, I've been reading a number of Christian business books and I read some stuff by uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And he said the reason that the Jews were doing so well is because they go to synagogue and they worship, but they also network. And it's about community and that God wants us to connect with each other and wants us to serve his other children, right? Mm. And so he's like, it's stupid not to go to church and network because why wouldn't you work want to work or pick up work from other like-minded people, right? Mm. So it doesn't really answer your question. Um, but I guess at one point I sort of had a problem networking mm. with other Christians at church because I don't know, for whatever reason. But I feel like at this point, if there's any business people out there listening, especially if their business is doing like seven figures or something and they're looking to outsource, um, any of their digital marketing, mm. I would love to have a chat with them and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It reminds me of something that like one of my yeah, role models from back home in Norway used to say that like I don't network, I make friends. <laughs> it's like there's no problem in like making friends at church. Exactly. And if that can be beneficial in some ways, like I don't see a problem with that. Where do you see that Where do you see cloud clicks going in the future? Um, not entirely sure. Like, as I said earlier, like I feel like cloud clicks is like it's not mine, right? Like, it's if God tells me to move on and do something else, I'd be happy to do it. Mm. My hope is that it keeps growing and continues to grow to a point where it could run itself. So we've got a team of people in place that can deliver the services. We've got a general manager running it. I would love that. Um, and then over the years, like we've worked with so many businesses and we've made them millions of dollars. Mm. What I want to do now, and that's sort of my new thing is like, I want to start buying businesses or buying into businesses and then either renovating them or running them myself and then basically have cloud clicks as the engine behind it. Right. So you, so you find a business, someone's been running the business for 30 years, wants to retire. They don't have a good website. They don't do anything digitally but they've got a good team they've got a good reputation if you can buy the business build the website promote it mm. i think that would be fun and then cloudclicks could do all that for me right so i just gotta focus on the new business yeah and then you become your own client mm. so i don't know i think there's something in there down the road yeah so final question do you think that you're doing what god is calling you to do 
Yes. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. It's been so many, so many good advice that, yeah, I think it's been beneficial to a lot of people. If there's anyone out there who wants to get in touch with you, like, where's the best way to do that? I think probably the best place is just to go check out our website, cloudclicks.com.au, or send me an email at johannes at cloudclicks.com.au. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. It was great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Next week, I'm speaking with Harrison Young from Youngcraft Surfboards. As always, we talk about his business, but we also get into his journey from Mormonism to Christianity. So if that's something that you're interested in, stay tuned for next week's episode. Until then, I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you next week.